HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. Learn more about the wonderfully tart Montmorency cherry at choosecherries.com. boiling pot of lava that we are all slowly sinking into the podcast, formerly known as Life's Banquet, with Zara Tangora and Nicole Bailey. I think you used the lava thing before. Ah, lava! See, this is what I'm talking about. I can't do anything right, okay? Every day is an endless loop of the same. Yeah, every day is a winding road, as I famously said. <laughs> You inspired that hit song by... Yes. As my hit song has said in the past, every day is a winding road. And bam, a little garlic. My two catchphrases that I'm known for. Is that what Emeril says? Yes. No, that's what Cheryl Crow says. (laughs) I just thought he said bam. I didn't know he said anything else after Well, he says bam, but then a lot of times he says it after he's added garlic to something. And so he goes, bam, a little garlic. And it's always garlic. It really is always garlic. Mm. I just thought it was like, bam, and the episode was over. (laughs) He says, bam, then his head explodes, and everybody dies in the audience. (laughs) What's going on with you, you nut? Uh, nothing. Whoa. I guess we could just go. Feeling the, uh, I'm not feeling the corona, I'm not feeling the isolation anymore. Not doing Mm. well. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. My anxieties are really, really acting up, so that's yeah. not very nice for me. It doesn't impact anyone else. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it impacts the people that love you, but I understand that it's a very personal struggle, having anxiety being trapped in your house all alone. It's definitely more personal than not personal. <laughs> right, but I'm not, like, sleepy at work or anything. Because right, right, right. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. sleep. Yeah, they yeah. don't have any work. You know what? I can't fucking sleep either. I am. I've never no. been. Oh no, Nicole, you disappeared. No. Oh, you're back. Um, you went so, away from me. Oh, we we left each other seemingly, hmm. but only for a moment. Um, um did you see the the funny news about Martha Stewart being like slutty on the internet by accident? Uh, no, I did not. Please enlighten us. <laughs> It's like five days old. It's old news, but since there's nothing good in the news, we really have to search. Mm, to yeah, really them. dig. You gotta dig very, very, very deep underneath the ground to find any good news. Um, so it, it was an Instagram post, and uh, she uploaded a video of herself tenderizing some chicken breasts while <gasps> listening to Rihanna. Um, <laughs> and her the caption said. Martha is pounding butterfly chicken breast, wishing she was pounding someone's question mark, question mark, question mark. <gasps> what? How <laughs> interesting. Also, what do you pound? You pound a dick with like a meat tenderizer? That sounds... No, they're butt. Oh, okay. Sure. Still, seems fringe. It seems like a fringy kink. But that's no, hot. That's not fringy. Um, it's not fringy to pound someone's ass with a meat tenderizer? No, it's she's wishing she was pounding someone's ass. Got it. Okay, I'm sorry. 
Listen, I haven't seen a naked body other than my own, which I'm at this point trying not to look at so often, in like years. So I it takes it took me a minute to understand even what the you know anatomy of the situation was. Well, I'm happy Zara that you've never gone more than two months without having sex with someone. Humble brag. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's great. Never, not since I was born. <laughs> That's not funny. Um, not since the day I was born. Other good news that I found from the internet is that mm-hmm. there is a drive-in movie theater in Greenpoint now. Wow, where? Um, like on Kent, like over by the water. Cool. It's called like Skyline <laughs> something drive-in. <laughs> okay, great. Google that. Just look it up if you are interested. You need a car. And yeah, they showed Aladdin yesterday, apparently. People were like filming it out of their windows because they could see it from their oh, apartment. that's cool. That's awesome. I love a drive-in. Actually, Bobby and Rob, um, my parents, my mom and my stepdad, um, are going to set up a little outdoor movie set in their backyard over the summer so we can go there and watch some movies if we'd cool. like. Cool. Yeah, it should be cute. It's interesting trying to find the new ways to, like, hang out. But we were over there the other day, and I was like, hey, if we set up a little projector, we could just sit out here and watch movies together. How do you get the sound out there? Well, Rob has speak big speakers because he's, oh, like, into, right. you know, videography and all that jazz. So he's got some kind of some kind of things. Or we could just act it out. <laughs> okay. Let's start an Great. acting troupe. I've always wanted to be an actor, so here's my chance. All right, great. Your first role is uh, E.T. Go. (laughs) (laughs) And go. (laughs) Uh, Um, So anyway, yeah, it's been been a weird, it's been a weird couple months, huh? What uh, what have you cooked this week? Anything delish? No. Nothing? Sorry, there's nothing. You scoop anything good out of a can? <laughs> no, I made some fucking tea. I'm oh, yeah. Tea. That's Chamomile tea. That's calming. I, it's calming, allegedly. It's, it's very it's, calming. It's all marketing, though. <laughs> no, no. No, it's calming. So, hey, listen. Um, I promised you the other day, I was at Bobby's house, and I was looking through the garage, and I came across uh, a ton of old memorabilia of my childhood and I promised you that I would read you a letter that I found. Oh yay. Okay. I wasn't to... sure if you were gonna still do it. Oh, oh I'm doing so it. We're doing it. <laughs> and Matt, our engineer who we had to rustle out of a slumber to record our episode, you're gonna be happy that you're listening to this because this is very funny. So um, this is a letter that you wrote to Leonardo DiCaprio when you were how old? This is a letter I wrote to Leonardo DiCaprio when I was thirty four. Just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. All right. There he is. Leonardo DiCaprio himself on the podcast. Okay, I was 13, or probably younger, 12. Okay, and begin. Dear Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Strong start. It's good to get specific at the front. (laughs) You'd You'd hate for this to go to the wrong Leonardo. This is going to be almost as embarrassing as the time when I attached the incorrect audio to <laughs> processing and it was an audio file of me singing to myself that accidentally got attached to the end part of processing and people all around the globe heard my dumb singing my voice. favorite story of all time. It wasn't I, even a, Matt heard it. I What'd cannot confirm or deny whether that happened. <laughs> it wasn't even like a good song. I was like, I had a song in my head and I wanted to remember it. So I was like, ah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Some I just like oh god we just assumed that you were losing your mind because it was a pandemic we're like yeah that's fine I mean like that makes sense what? like there are no words of yeah, course there... she's just singing <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god it's so uncomfortable to think about did you sound like Jessica Simpson in that video that I made you watch yes you very much so <laughs> very much so okay let's get back to let's concentrate here we have some okay to do. focus you focus guys relax all right this is not going to be easy to get through for any of us Dear Leonardo DiCaprio, I will call you by your full name because I, and I just also need to mention that to replace a lot of the eyes and butts, I've drawn pictures. So every time I say I, it's a picture of an eye. And every time I say butt, it is a picture of a hand-drawn butt. <clears throat> okay. Oh 
I'll call you by your by your full name because I don't really know you. In parentheses, unfortunately. And furthermore, <laughs> on the subject of our not knowing each other, comma, I would heart to meet you someday because I think this sounds really stupid. I think by what I know of you, we would really get along. I'm not usually the first one to write fan mail, but I really feel somewhat cosmically connected or whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys! <laughs> it's we have a lot more to get through here okay, and it only gets worse right. okay yeah, yeah stop annotating stop just give us the good around. okay anyway let me tell you a little bit about me i'm hoping to be a movie actress in the near future i love to play basketball lacrosse and this next part is a lie ice hockey i never played ice hockey ever <laughs> I, I don't know why i thought he would be intrigued by that um i'm funky punky and spunky no I, nothing has changed I, I love to be wild and different, or maybe I just am. By the way, <laughs> I heard that you write poetry. So do I. Here's one. Okay, oh, no. now this is where it's going to get terribly uncomfortable. Please bear with me. I can't stand it. No, it's not. For, I need to preface what I'm saying. This is not even a poem. This is just really, really sad. As I am on I'm legal. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I, um, well, he as wasn't I, even legal back then, was he? He was like... Yeah, he was a bit older. I think he was probably like 20 and I was like 13. So, yeah, this wouldn't Yow. have been able to yeah, you be. you gotta watch out. It's, it's total danger zone. <laughs> totally. And if not for that, he would have really probably liked me because my poem is so good. As I sit and wait for my soul to come forth, I am suddenly awakened <laughs> by an unsettling wave of uncertainty. It boggles me how such tension can build within such a calm person. For when life is at its best, I am only partly whole. Spelt H-O-L-E. But I suppose I'm always only partly whole, for I'm lacking my final part. I need something to complete my soul. <laughs> I, oh, God. I know. I'm sorry. It's almost over. I'm happy but somewhat empty. But he, he whose face is as pure and hair and body and soul are as beautiful and sweet as dear perfection itself. <laughs> he who knows not yet I yearn for his sweet soft lips to caress mine. He who I long to see or talk to for a minute. He who would fill my gap. Okay. It's over. What? You said fill my gap. <laughs> yeah. And then in parentheses I wrote, that's not even one of my best. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, I'm crying. This is almost over. That I wrote, Done. You like it? Good. I would love to hear one of yours someday. Oh, by the way, I don't know if the, this is this next part is also a flagrant lie. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know the girl who was going to play opposite you in Romeo and Juliet before Claire Danes got the role, but she is an acquaintance of mine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I gotta go. See ya. Bye. Love Zara Tangora. P.S. Whoever gets this letter, please send this to Leonardo himself. <laughs> I would so much appreciate if you have a heart, please do it. P.P.S. Leonardo, call me. <laughs> P P P S. Please send me some of your poems or something. That's it. That's the letters over. Have you subsequently met Leonardo DiCaprio? One time, I did see him at Mission Chinese Food, and he looked terrible. He was wearing a Kangol hat, um, which you know we can all agree is not a good look. And did you speak words to each other? I didn't. I didn't mention the letters. I figured it would just make it awkward for us both. No, because I think now this is a great opportunity. We can have him on processing because he can talk about his grief that he never got to meet the author of that letter. And then I'll sing. Then we'll sing to each other. Yeah, and then you'll just, yeah, the, the last 30 minutes will just be like, you guys solo, no acapella, words. like trying to do it together in the car. <laughs> oh, man. I am so full of sweaty armpits right now. It's not even funny. Awesome. That's truly amazing. You should go on one of those those things where you're embarrassed and you read the most embarrassing things that you wrote when you were a kid. Like, that's, yeah. that would be great. That's a, what is this that is a, clearly a winner. I mean, this was this is humiliating. Uh, what is that called? What is, what is that program called? I don't know. I've been to see it even, but... What? You've seen it? Nice. Yeah, it's like, it's like a recurring... Like show where people go huh. up and read their most embarrassing like diary Mortified. entries. Mortified. Mortified, yes, that's right. Oh wow, yeah, I'll read that. That's this one's very bad. This is very very bad. I mean, there's some very embarrassing diary entries out there. Yeah, I've learned. I, I got rid of my diaries, thank God. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, this happened, and uh, I appreciate HRN, you know, um, <laughs> giving me the opportunity to read this on the air. This is the kind of food content that we're really all about. Well, this is tied to our topic because... <laughs> Because Zara, oh my God, what... what topic have I walked into? <laughs> the the topic, topic is statutory rape. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Um, uh, another class... statutory rape. We can't run two statutory rape episodes the same week on this network. Um, <sighs> no, but Zara thought she was going to marry Leonardo DiCaprio. I did. I did think so. Um, and so we decided to do rice as our topic, which is something that's thrown in a wedding from time to time. You see it? It's perfectly God, linked. What are you guys on episode like 15,000? How far do you have to stretch? I know. Could it be more boring or more accidentally interesting to talk it's about rice? It's interesting. Everything's interesting at this point. That's true. <laughs> Listen, wait. Yeah. I'm gonna tell. Oh, oh yeah, now I understand how this 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 topic was decided. Nicole, <laughs> like trapped in her house for the past fifty eight weeks, is looking around her pantry. She's like, "What do I have left?" She's What's like, left? I don't know. <laughs> this is interesting. Look at it. It's so small. In fifty eight weeks, and I, that's literally all my the only food I have left is the rice that Zara gave me. Yeah. I have a funny story about rice. Quickly before we get into it. We, uh, at the health, the health department came into Brucey all the time, obviously. And, you know, we had a very clean restaurant, but we had a couple of little mice running around here and there. It was a very old building. And the health inspector was, like, behind the fucking walk-in refrigerator once. And they're, like, peering around. They find, like, one little mouse poop. And, you know, that violation is really expensive and we couldn't afford it. And so I did what anyone would do. And I said, that's not black rice. I, that's not mouse poop. That's black rice. And they're like, no, it's not. It's mouth food. I was like, it's black rice. I'll eat it right now. So I snatched it out of their hand and I went to go eat it. And they they hid it away from me. So I couldn't eat it. They go, ma'am, no. <laughs> I didn't eat it. Oh but I was going to. That's crazy. <laughs> This is the kind of consulting wisdom you bring to your clients. Exactly. When I consult, I say, listen, if they find poop, eat it. Just eat, <laughs> it. Eat, it before, eat it before they can write it up. Doesn't matter if it's rat poop, cat poop, anything. Human poop, yeah. eat it. If it's it's the technicality of the law. If you've eaten the poop, it's like a tree falling in the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's like how you can just dr consume the beer or eat the joint, exactly. and it's like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die. Nicole, do you want to talk about um, whatever kind of rice content you have lined up yeah. today? Yeah. And I, I, don't need, hot rice. I don't need any uh, board size from you, Matt. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the San Francisco treat, which is. <laughs> Rice Aroni. Oh my God, it is the pantry episode. <laughs> the San Francisco treat. What it a is silly. I know it's just a silly catchphrase. It's funny when you say it out loud. Um, yeah. I also just want to begin my section by quoting my favorite line from your poem, which is "Waiting for my soul to come forth." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 which I jotted down as you're reading that. Okay, so. Rice aroni, there's like an insane, an insanely well tracked history of rice aroni. I don't really know why, I guess because it's so popular. Um, but you know, a lot of like foods that came out in the olden times, there's not really a clear history of like who invented it or where it mm -hmm. came from. But this, not the case. <laughs> we know everything, everything there is to know. Um, so I got most of this from the old, ye old Wikipedia and, and NPR. It was a podcast episode so i couldn't figure out who actually did the reporting and i'm sorry um but back in 1890 an italian immigrant named dominico de dominico <laughs> what a fucking lazy name uh, damn he, it's it's like you know son of my son or whatever sure sure um he moved to california and set up a fresh produce store and he was pretty good at that. And he found some lady, another Italian immigrant, to marry him. And her name was Maria Ferrigno. <laughs> uh-huh. Mother no of Lou Ferrigno. No relation. Um, 
And her family back in Italy had a pasta factory, maybe even, I wrote here, a spaghetti factory. <laughs> I'm losing it. Um, she, <laughs> was, uh, she was like, hey, husband, you need to have a pasta factory in San Francisco. And he was like, okay. Um, and then they had a bunch of kids. They had Caskey. They had Vince. They had Tom. They had... Pepperoni. <laughs> that sounds like somebody didn't know how to spell pepperoni. No, Wikipedia spells everything right. <laughs> um, so the kids all worked for the business, and different ones had different sort of hands in the changes that took place. So Paskey, the son Paskey, he changed the name of the company to the Golden Grain Macaroni Company. Then Tom's wife, this is the most important part. Tom's wife got a rice pilaf recipe from an Armenian immigrant named Mrs. Pilazzo Captanian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Pilazzo. Um, the, and she would just make it for the family. So she basically, I, um, she married her husband when she was 18 and she was pregnant and lonely. So the neighbor next door was an Armenian woman. And so she like gave her, she basically taught her how to cook. Oh, wow. Um, so this um, rice pilaf recipe is literally macaroni and rice mixed together. Um, and they, she just started making it for the family, and they really liked it. And then one day, Vince, a different brother, was like, we need to put this in a store. And so he, like, invented rice aroni by adding powdered soup mix to the rice and macaroni. Whoa! Um, yeah. And it actually was... They wanted to compete with box macaroni. It was like, you know, at the beginning of when convenience foods were starting to become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody ate rice back then because it was like 1958. So everyone was like, what? Rice? And they're like, we're just going to put a little macaroni in there. <laughs> nobody ate rice? <clears throat> um, well, not like people that were eating in their suburban homes. They weren't packing their faces full of rice like they are today. It wasn't a commonly dinner it wasn't a commonly prepared dinner staple oh so interesting um, i mean i'm sure it was for non-white people right right whites <laughs> had no no interest in, in rice and then they made white rice and they were like this is perfect for us <laughs> yeah. and then they it, you know it went on to become the insanely famous and everyone loved it and they got a big clap on the back and for some reason there's so much information about this and it's so important that they also have an oral history of the invention recorded at the Bancroft Library at UC Berkeley. So there's also another article, the NPR episode actually goes deeper into the the life of the woman who invented the original rice pilaf recipe. Mm -hmm. Um, If anyone is interested in finding out more information about rice roni. Wow, I I loved rice roni. When my parents got divorced, um, my dad lived in this tiny like little one bedroom studio and it was uncomfortable, you know, I'm like, cool, this is weird, but he would make rice-a-roni all the time, and it was actually the highlight of every visit. Um, yeah, I love it, too. I love that <clears throat> prepared rice stuff. It's good. It's fast, Me too. it's delicious, very, you know, seasoned. Um, and since I didn't really have, I didn't feel like going into too much detail with rice-a-roni, I also decided to add on another great rice food, Matt, called Rice Krispies. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I, 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 yes. yeah. I can't wait! I can't wait to hear the made-up names that are in the origin story of Rice Krispies. Well, keep your pants on. There's a lot of them. That's, you, that's hilarious that you think I've worn pants at all. Put put some pants on. Oh, why, why bother? It's just another trip to the laundromat. <laughs> Lord help us. Yeah, just hand wash everything. Who cares? Um, so Rice Krispies was invented and patented by Kellogg, so we don't have to go through any long meandering story about how they stole it from someone. Um, they invented something called oven popping, which is what puffs up the rice, essentially. Um, they originally claimed, it's around 1927, I think that this came out, they originally claimed that Rice Krispies did not get mushy even after two hours in milk, which has not been my experience. Yeah, that is... Malarkey. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like the um, in Christmas Vacation. How like <clears throat> Chevy Chase wor- is working on like a, a Nutra cereal varnish, so like the cereal doesn't get anyway. 
It's my favorite movie. No big deal. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it is exactly like that it is, scene. It's just like that. It's just <laughs> like Christmas Vacation. I, I see you and I affirm your experience. Thank Does you. Does anyone else want to mention uh, movies that have cereal in them? <laughs> <laughs> or rice. Or rice. <laughs> or Chevy um, Chase. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the fun part. The scandal. The scandal. Ooh. <laughs> It's <laughs> not even that scandalous, though, because nobody cares. Um, well, it's like a, it's a rice scandal, so it's incredibly bland. <laughs> <laughs> and it does get mushy in milk, goddammit. That's uh, the thing. How long do we think rice crispy treats... Wait, what, what do we call this? I'm oh, sorry. What just, rice, just rice krispies. Oh, sorry. I can't undo the treat from my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not uh, a treat. It's a chore. It's I a know. Chore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> chore. Rice Krispie chores. I mean, like, how many minutes do we think they last in milk? Like, three not minutes. Not that long. No. Not, I, like, more, more on the order than of two than two hours. That's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. No. They're, I ate them bullshit. a lot as a child, and they were always mushy by the time I got to the end, which is how I learned to eat so fast. I don't want this to take forever so I'm going to serve you something that gets objectively bad in like three minutes you the longer you ate the more punished you are also I was a yeah. finish your cereal household so I definitely like was like I gotta get this over with or I'm gonna have to deal with this mushy situation for hours <laughs> oh man okay you guys Okay. Let's get serious. We're talking about scandal. Um, <laughs> in 2010, the Federal Trade Commission, they were like, Kellogg's, you were making unsubstantiated and misleading health claims about your fucking Rice Krispies. They said that they were, they said that Rice Krispies support your child's immunity. And also, they've now improved the cereal with antioxidants and nutrients that your family needs to stay healthy. So neither one of those things was true. <laughs> And then right before that happened, they found that they had to bust them again because they said that frosted mini wheats improved kids' attentiveness by twenty percent. <laughs> what a random claim! <laughs> They're like, yeah, feed your kid a ton of sugar, and they'll be more attentive for twenty it's minutes. Like, it's the same general principle as Adderall. You sort of get them extra hyped up, and it, it levels them off. So it's like right. frosted mini. That feels fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, the Federal Trade Commission said it was not allowable, but whatever you say, man. Um, oh, do you trust the government? There's a new <laughs> sheriff in town. <laughs> it's mad. Um, okay, now on to my favorite part, which is Rice Krispies of the past. These oh. are Rice Krispies that have been discontinued. Um, there was Rice Krispies with marshmallows. Ooh. And also tropical rice krispies with marshmallows. Well, get out of here. <laughs> um, which ended in the nineties. I don't feel like I ever saw this, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. No, you guys. I've never seen them. I can't wait for them to make it swing back into vogue. So. Well, I feel like Lucky Charms really has cornered the market there, though, right? And then nobody else really can keep up with them. Yeah, I can't see that making a comeback. Tropical. There's rice also uh, strawberry rice krispies in '83, and then they made a comeback in '97, but they're no longer with us. There's also razzle dazzle rice krispies from '97 to '99. They were all the colors of the rainbow. Hmm. Um, which those should come back for pride. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like I saw those razzle dazzle rice krispies, but I might also just be thinking of the um, the, the Fred Flintstones. <laughs> What's the fruity fruity pebbles? That's what I think. Uh, uh, I uh -huh. could be thinking of, which I loved as a child. Um, apple cinnamon rice krispies also what? ended in the early '90s. There were some berry krispies, just simply berry, not strawberry. Get out of here! A multi berry, I guess. Uh, there's no date for when those ended, so it's possible they're still around. I doubt it, though. <laughs> <laughs> the honey Rice Krispies were a thing, and then there were Halloween Rice Krispies, and it was they, were, they, they were just <laughs> orange, though, so they weren't very spooky. <laughs> oh, wow. What I'm what hearing from you is that Rice Krispies tried to move on to the territory of, like, every yeah. other cereal. Yeah, like, honey Rice Krispies. Honey Rice Krispies is like 
sugar smacks, basically, right? Like puffed wheat or, with honey. Yeah, or like honey nut Cheerios. And then, like, the one of them was definitely, um, uh, is it Fruit Loops? This apple cinnamon one? Who is that? Oh, yeah, they did. They apple, apple Jacks. Cinnamon. <clears throat> uh, apple Jacks. Apple, apple Jacks. Jacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, yeah, Apple yeah, Jacks are the best fucking cereal there is. That is, yeah. I correct. That, put that on my yeah. grave. Those the are show's over. The show's over. <laughs> and <done>. goodbye. <laughs> those are, those also, are mad good. <laughs> pretty sure those are made with rice. Good. Farewell. <laughs> okay. Yeah, boom. Mic drop. Okay. And sure. finally, in 1939, a Kellogg's employee named Mildred Day made a recipe for the Campfire Girls bake sale, and it was a Rice Krispie treat. And the recipe's been the same ever since. She just came up with it. And it's lasted for 1,000 years. They're delicious. And I recently made them for the first time this year. And I thought they were much more difficult. And they're very easy and very they're good. Easy. And <clears> then <throat> one of the things I first learned how to make as a teen. Yeah, they're great. I think I had to, like, bake them. I was like, this seems like too much work. But they're, they're delicious. <laughs> I'm a fucking professional chef. I'm like, nah, Rice Krispies are too much work. Um, amazing. Riveting content. Riveting Thank content. You. I know. Uh, I'm, I was I'm, on the edge of mine own seat. <laughs> I'm actually literally sitting on the edge of my seat, but that's just because my butt is actually sticking to the seat because I'm so sweaty. Um, should okay. we take a break? A breakaroo? Come back yeah. with some more, yes. uh, some rice. Great. Okay. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. A cherry isn't just a cherry. When it comes to tart cherries, the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry variety is the cherry with more. They're available year-round, dried, frozen, canned, juice, and concentrate. U.S. Montmorency tart cherries are also one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Tart cherries contain many antioxidants and beneficial phytonutrients, including anthocyanins the pigments that give tart cherries their beautiful red color. And don't forget about flavor. U.S. Montmorency's unique sour-sweet profile makes them an excellent addition to yogurt, oatmeal, salads, trail mix, and of course, a classic cherry pie. Learn more about the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry at ChooseCherries.com. With Hello. more rice. <laughs> Just we're back. I with, couldn't get more interesting. We're back with Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> that, would be, that would be such a weird turn for this second half. We I mean, like a policy discussion with a person who has not been important on the national stage for like 15 years. Yeah, so we're back with arch conservative Condoleezza Rice. <clears throat> the presidential VP nomination goes to... <laughs> yeah, not unsurprisingly, Condoleezza Rice. Um, okay, so I want to talk about rice, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> more specifically. Yes. I found an interest in talking about rice being thrown at weddings. Now, I think we need to mention that this topic came to us not because we were looking through our pantries because we've been inside for 58 weeks, but because our friend Becky McNeil and the two of us were taking a distanced walk together the other day and drinking wine on the street. And we asked Becky to give us a topic. And Becky said, how about rice? And we're like, great topic, Becky. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> we're like, don't, you don't get any royalties for this episode. Thank you for the idea. And if you knew Becky and loved her as we do, the fact that she suggested rice would come as no surprise. <laughs> I was surprised. You were? I thought she was joking, but she oh. No, she was like, I'm interested in rice. So anyway, I immediately thought, for some reason, that I was interested in rice being thrown at weddings, because I thought it would have this, like, really long, crazy, sordid history. And turns out, it's very boring and very short. <laughs> and it's a bad idea, but not for what the reasons we're told it's a bad idea. So I got all my information today from Mental Floss article by Matt Sonic, and from a random real estate website called kipuriestates.com. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Why, you ask? Because they seem to care a lot about birds. So, the tradition of throwing rice at weddings dates back, as most things do, to the ancient Romans and Egyptians. And I guess the idea was to give fertility and luck and abundance because rice was such, like, a means of sustenance. So, like, here, you'll have lots of rice in your life if we throw it at you after you've been married. Um, The Egyptians, the Hebrews... 
um, they all did this, but they did it sometimes with wheat and oats and corn because they were all different. Whatever crop was most prevalent was the one they were throwing. Um, And then during the Tudor era in England, they switched it to throwing shoes at people, (laughs) which seems very opulent and painful. Leave it to Queen Elizabeth the first to make this kind of uh, rash decision. She's a nut. Yeah, she's like, oh, shoes, fuck the rice. Um, And then in tribal cultures, it was believed that rice brought the couple together in matrimony and that it would provide prosperity and keep bad spirits away from the bride and groom. (laughs) Then we're going to go ahead and move to Italy, medieval Italy. And the different weird things they used to throw. So they threw rice, but they apparently they love throwing things at each other. Um, and they do it during weddings, processions, carnivals, parades. And they, they originally started throwing sugared sweet almonds called... Can anyone guess what these sugary sweet almonds might have been called? Jordan almonds. Confetti! Oh. <laughs> confetti! A confetti! <clears throat> um... Sounds like an ant problem. A conf- you have a confetti in your house. I <laughs> go get them a dog. Um, now I'm Borat. So anyway, medieval era in medieval Milan, um, they would also throw mud pellets, eggs, <laughs> and other things at spectators. And it started to get so dangerous that this in, in 1597, the Milan's governor Juan Fernandez placed a ban on eggs. And Italy just took a break from throwing things at ceremonies altogether for like 300 seems, years. Yeah, that seems good. <laughs> yeah, they just weren't allowed to. There was like, and then a Milanese businessman named Enrico Mangali began selling paper confetti because it was like a byproduct of he was like a silk maker, and so there was all this like random paper discs that would come off of the silk, I guess, from the process, and so we had all this random like bits of paper. So it was like, let's throw it when a people get married. So they still throw confetti a lot. It's very big in Italy, confetti in general, but definitely at weddings. So we're talking that about. Seems like it's bad for the earth. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean Italians, am I right, ladies? So, <clears throat> what I also want to talk about is the myth, yes, that's right, I'm going to underline the word myth, that rice kills birds. And so, a lot of the reason why rice has been depopularized, I'm furious, Big, I work for Big Rice, and I'm here to say that rice doesn't kill birds in a major way. <clears throat> <laughs> See, I'm a poet. It, it, it kills them in a minor way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a lot of the reason, like, many venues, and it's just been largely, like, eradicated in our in our culture to throw rice at weddings. And it's been said it's because it, it kills birds. And um, that's something I believe, too. My parents even have some story about, like, throwing rice at birds and trying to get their stomachs to blow up when they were, like, teenagers. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to tell that on the podcast and let everybody know what murderers you guys are. But um, no. it, it was cool in the seventies to kill birds. It's the first sign of being a serial killer, but whatever. <clears throat> so, um, concern for wildlife in the nineteen eighties were so was so crazy, and this like theory, this you know, conspiracy theory, I'm gonna call it, about rice killing birds was so intense. In nineteen eighty five, May Schmidl, who was a Republican congresswoman, brought upon an act called an act. Quote: This is the name of the act. An act prohibiting. The Use of Uncooked Rice at Nuptial Affairs Act. Wow. Very wordy. Wow. I was trying to quickly generate that acronym, but I actually have no idea what that is. It's (laughs) A-A-P-U-U-R-N-A. Simple to remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, poor enough. Wait, so so people were start... Why did people start saying that rice was bad, though? I don't understand. People had it in in their minds that rice was because it was uncooked that a bird would eat it and it would expand in their stomachs. However, something that researchers proved in, I don't know why it took till the 80s for somebody to take a look, actually to the 2000s for someone to really take a good look at this, but it's pretty easy to think that rice doesn't like cook unless it's at like a certain temperature, which is like in the 200s. And that's certainly much higher than the temperature of a bird's stomach. Right. So if we eat uncooked rice, it doesn't, well, <clears throat> right, but that's because we're we have bigger stomachs. So I guess the thought is that since a bird is so bird tiny, is small. Okay, this right. is crazy. It, it's I can't crazy. I believe this. I know. 
So, because if you really just put two seconds of thought into it, you realize how insane it is. So, May Schmidl went on, went so far to claim that several ministers had told her that after weddings they performed, they saw multiple birds keeling over from being poisoned. <laughs> That's the funniest image I can possibly imagine. A little bird eating a grain of rice and then going, oh, grabbing its belly with its little wings, going, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and then dying. <laughs> Just flopping over. So anyway, um, in fact, many types of waterfowl, shorebirds, and migratory birds depend on flooded rice fields to maintain their fat throughout the winter. Um, there's a bird called the bobolink. Has anyone ever heard of a bobolink? Sounds, oh. like sounds like a large cat, but it's really just a small American songbird. And it <laughs> eats enough rice that it is considered a pest by farmers, and it has earned itself the name rice bird. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. So, in 2002, a biology professor named James Koopa uh, decided to carry out a series of tests to see if there's any credibility to the myth. As they've already mentioned, there's not. They soaked the rice in water to see how much it would expand, and they discovered that the volume of the rice soaked in water only increased by 33%. But check this out. Bird seed soaked in water increases 40%. So there's no, there's no truth to this whatsoever. So they tested it on fake birds, which they made. This all sounds like insane. And then they gave it for some reason. This man had sixty live pigeons in his in his house. So they, they tested it on them. Birds? To yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> they made That's... fake birds. What? What does that? I don't know. Like? I don't know. I they couldn't find any more. They made fake birds. This is what this class did. I mean, actually, it sounds like it could be potentially enlightening i'm not sure then this man had over 60 pigeons at his house so they just gave them only rice and not quote not one single bird showed any signs of discomfort there certainly weren't any exploding birds so um that's that about rice and birds it's fine do we know what signs of discomfort are in a bird i already told you it grabs its wings yeah explosion yeah it's either they're fine or they've exploded and exploded into bits. In a different, there's a different universe where that experiment went horribly awry. <laughs> all of these birds exploding in his home, and he was like, "Oh shit, this was a horrible idea." It's like the Fourth of July up in there. Um, oh rice, however, can be very hazardous to the guests at your wedding because it's slippery, and you can slip and fall. And a lot of people are wearing heels or like, you know, flat whatever, like loafers, and rice is slippery, so don't throw it. Um, there are also other dangerous, god damn it, these cheering people outside. I can't hear anything. Um, just kidding. Uh, rice can be hazardous to guess. Oh, so there are other dangerous rice alternatives. In 2008, two Texas women were badly injured while they were trying to light celebratory sparklers. And then I went off and, on a tangent and read a lot about that, but I can't get into that. There's a lot of injuries. Don't light sparklers at your wedding. And, um... <laughs> then another guest uh, in Russia apparently threw in Chechnya threw a hand grenade in the crowd and during dozens of people that was what she threw in the couple got married so those are obviously worse than rice but rice is pretty bad I think she must have had some animosity towards them I don't know I couldn't really find any more information about it but my, my, my interests are slightly peaked so that's uh that's what I have to say about rice Stay okay, away from just, it. <laughs> I feel like we should just stop throwing shit at weddings anyway. Like, what's that old saying about the parks department? Like, leave it like you found it or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just throwing a bunch of all kinds of shit and people have to clean it up. I mean, a lot of wedding venues have, like, a no-throwing-anything policy. Like, you can't I mean, This is pretty obvious. Okay, so, like, you move from the... Up until the late 70s, it's not, like, really wedding venues. There are churches, right? Right. And you put up with whatever the thing is. And then the tradition, all of a sudden you're moving over in the 80s to like places that people have paid for as wedding venues. And they're mm. like, huh, you know what would make our lives easier? If people didn't throw shit everywhere. Right. So they're like, you know what? Hey, the birds explode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that. And all of a sudden we're not throwing things at weddings anymore and they don't have to clean it up. That's but an then amazing they conclusion just switched to draw. bird seed, though. People, when I was younger, people were throwing bird seed instead, which is still oh, a fucking God. mess everywhere. Can you imagine you pay like $50,000 for a wedding to get a bunch of fucking bird seed thrown in your hair? No, thank you. Okay. Um, first yeah. of all, I've never, when I was a child, no one I knew had $50,000, certainly not to spend on a wedding. So they were. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, I feel you. They're like, we spent $100 at this wedding. Put whatever you want in our hair. 
Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Um, question for both of you. Um, for well, maybe we'll just do top three this week. What are your guys' top three favorite rice preparations? <laughs> <laughs> Steamed, boiled, or burned? <laughs> I like uh, sushi rice. Yeah, that's good. Sushi's uh, good. I like a crispy rice. Mm. Um, and I like a wasabi rice rice cracker, man. That, that's good shit. Oh yeah, that's good eating. That's eating good in the neighborhood. Matt? Uh, uh, I like risotto because I want my rice to take like exponentially more work <laughs> than it has to. Um, I like uh, cauliflower rice because I like rice that's not rice. Oh, and, nice. uh, um, Potato I rice. Don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think I of one more rice. Come on. I can't think of one more rice. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. Rice is nice. Oh, okay. So just a, a rice poem. Uh, keeping in the theme with the poetry. I, I like rice-based poetry. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I was so inspired by, you know, Leo. <laughs> um, okay. I like <clears throat> pork fried rice, like from like just any kind of corner Chinese restaurant. That is one of my very favorite things in life. Delicious. Peas, eggs, the whole nine. Um, I love arancini. A rice ball. Oh, yeah. Hook it to my veins. That's some good rice. Um, I love congee, which is just a rice porridge. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there because I don't give a shit. Um, I like rice rolls and big, thick, chewy rice noodles. What's a rice roll? A rice roll is like kind of like a rice flour, like very thin pancake or noodle that's been kind of like like steamed and then rolled up and then it gets either filled around some kind of meat or vegetable or sometimes oh. they're just rolled up and they have well, like peanut sauce. Well, if we can sauce. say anything, then I'm going to say mochi because I love that. But does that have rice? Yeah, it's made out of rice. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can say anything you want. No one's listening. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's right. I'm just going to press the delete button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this is, the ep- this is the very special episode that Seal's probably listening to. Oh yeah, Matt. Yesterday I was looking seal, at my Instagram seal, post. Like, seal, seal, like yeah, yeah, gross seal? exactly. Yeah. Yesterday I was looking at an Instagram story that I had posted, and I actually, shut up. Hi, Seal. I love you. What up, <laughs> Silly Silly? Um, celiac. Seal is celiac. He only eats rice. Um, <laughs> I was looking at my Instagram story and I normally don't even look and see who looked at my Instagram story, but like sure I happen. No, I really don't. I mean, it's sometimes mm. I do, but it's not something I do religiously. And, um, I did it yesterday. I was like, Oh, let me just browse through this. And, uh, I was like seal. And I was like certain that it was obviously like a fake seal, but I looked and it was the real <laughs> seal, real Dale seal, Holyfield. And then <laughs> I made a great joke where I was like, <laughs> Zara, he's going to give you a kiss from his rose. Yeah. That was a great joke. That's, that's his penis. Seal? Yes. That's a good one. Seal has a rose-shaped penis for anyone who doesn't know, including Seal. That's the only way that this song makes sense. Yes, it is true. I have a funny story about Seal, actually. So I went to go see Seal in concert um, against my will several years ago. I had been really? invited. I would have well, loved to see Seal. I, I did end up loving it. It wasn't really against my will. Preston um, invited me, Preston's boyfriend. And at the last minute, he had actually ticket. I was like, sure, it was in the Beacon Theater. And I don't really smoke a lot of weed, but we got like really high before we went. We had a couple martinis. And Breton and I look at each other. We're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, it was so fun. <laughs> and then I go to the bathroom and there's like a long line. And there's a woman I notice as I'm going into the stall who's washing her hands and she's talking to the bathroom attendant. She's definitely a mega fan. She's older. She's wearing a seal t-shirt. She's got like a seal hat on, but I didn't really pay much attention. And I'm listening in the background. She's like, Oh yeah, I've gone to every one of his shows. I I've, have every one of his albums. And as I come out, her face turns very different. And then she goes to the bathroom attendant, but what has he ever done for me? And I'm so high that I'm like, Oh God, seals in trouble. So I run back to my seat <laughs> I'm like, Brian, this is what just happened in the bathroom. I think that we, Seal needs to be worried. You know, this woman crazed. So we shortly forgot about it. And then um, there was this other woman in the in the front row who was maybe in, like, her 50s. And she was clearly, like, another huge Seal fan. But, like, 
very Upper East Side, like, rich lady, like, whatever. And she's, like, taking pictures and filming them. And Seal decides to come down into the audience. And he's, like, you know, as he's coming down the steps, he's right next to this woman. And he, like, looks to her left and he, like, you know caresses the cheek of the woman uh, uh, like across from her and it looks like he's going to turn to her and instead of turning her and caressing her cheek or singing into her face he puts his hand on her head to steady himself as he walks off the stage (laughs) (laughs) and squishes her face and it's like projected on the big screen so like everyone can see it he just uses her head as like a stand and walks right by her Oh, Seal, that's very dehumanizing, you big jerk. <laughs> it's rude. It's rude. She was probably so psyched, though. She got home and she's like, Seal touched me. I Seal know, DNA she... is on my hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, she went straight She went straight to the cloning booth. She was just like, whatever, <laughs> whatever is on my face right now, I want you to make a baby of it. The cloning booth. <laughs> I like to think of that as being like a real thing that's amazing. Yeah. Right next to the, the photo booth. You yeah. also go in there and clone your dogs like Martha Zewer did. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, this was a fun episode. Matt, what a what an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's great to hear you. I'm, I, every week I'm just sitting around waiting, hoping that you'll call me <laughs> to come record with you. And every week I just stare at my phone and I feel... I'm like that woman at the SEAL concert. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and then we call All you right. with our problems. Again, and you, I see the the episode has gone up, and it's like you've smushed your hand in my face every time. Every time, but this week was different. This week was different. This week, I felt great. This week, you made the cut. That was really, really funny. Um, what a what a joy, what a delight. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, and um, I guess hasta la pasta, hasta la rice pasta. Ocelot Rice of Roni. Oh, shit. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Don't die. Okay, bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.